we're going to continue part two of our series, Spirit Lead Me, today. And the, t- the title of today's message is Winning Battles. Winning Battles. And so uh, even just saying that kind of gets me a little pumped up. I'm, I'm a little bit competitive. If you've ever played sports with me um, or, or cards with me, you might know I, I, I like to win, right? Anybody else like to win in here today? Man, I like to win. Uh, I think Kip had his hand up first. Um, and, and, and man, Xavier, let's go. Xavier, sorry, Xavier. Uh, come on, somebody. Are they still in it? There, they'll have their name called this afternoon, and, and we'll see them in the tournament, right? All right, but hey, I like to win. And, and so today, we're talking about winning battles. And so during this series, we're talking about the Holy Spirit and four things that he does in our lives as he leads us. Four things he does as he leads us. Because sometimes when you hear the, 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 the term spirit lead me, you're like, I don't know how to do that. And so we're going to try to make it really practical, put some feet to, to this thought during this series, and I hope it really ministers to you and helps you. In Psalm 143.10, it says, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. What an amazing prayer. That God, I don't want to just be led by myself or my intuition or my gut. I don't want to be led by, by just culture or, or the, the, the knowledge and the wisdom of this day. I want to be led by your spirit. And so the big idea today is that spirit-led people win battles because the Holy Spirit is a winner. Kind of simple. Maybe you say, well, Joe, that's kind of obvious. But hey, it's, we're, we're going to find out here a little bit. It's a little bit more difficult to apply to our life. But spirit-led people win battles. When you gave your life to Jesus, and like we talked about last week, he took up residence. The Holy Spirit took up residence in your heart and in your soul. He didn't come in to be on a losing team. Now, I know and you know that we all struggle, and so we're going to get into that. Because just hearing that, it's like, well, how does this all work? There seems to be a tension between the Holy Spirit being a winner and me sometimes being a loser. <laughs> and, and man, as, as the one preaching the word of God today, I just want to stand before you as the first loser in the room. We're all losers sometimes, right? And so how do these two things, you know, what does this tension look like? Now, some people don't care about being winners, and some are addicted to winning. And so, man, we have the polar opposites in my family. You know, I'm, I'm the, the one that wants to win, and my wife just wants everybody to have fun, right? It's just, let's just, just all, all love each other and, and, and just uh, all get along. It doesn't matter who wins, what's the score, and, you know, who needs the scorebook? Ah, nope. You know, we're, we're, we're playing to win. And so, but when I just started coaching soccer um, back in the day, actually, no, I'd been, I'd been going a few years with the boys, but it was, um, I think it was my son Levi's first year in. And so we, uh, I show up and I'm coaching and uh, just a little bit of my personality, I, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna coach the team because I wanna control the schedule, <laughs> right? Because I wanna say what, what nights of the week practices are on. And so, uh, so we get everybody there and, and this is six and seven year olds. And just so you know, uh, six and seven year olds don't listen to you. Um, when you're the coach, they don't, they don't really, a lot of them don't even care about playing soccer. They don't, they don't want to be there. But on, on the first day of practice, this kid shows up named Felipe. And Felipe was focused. 
focused Felipe, and he, he shows up, and it is obvious that this kid, uh, he, should, he should make the varsity high school soccer team this year. Like, he is amazing. And he was shorter, he was probably shorter than everybody else, but man, just amazing. And so how many of you know, we went undefeated that year? Because Felipe, whenever he wanted, would just take the ball and do whatever he wanted with it. It was literally an amazing thing to behold. And he would just score at will. From midfield, from the corner, from wherever, Felipe would score. And how many of you know our team loved Felipe? <laughs> and how many of you know I felt like I need the Coach of the Year award, right? It's, this is amazing. And so only, and then only two seasons, I think, and I'm lucky, two seasons of me coaching my kids' soccer, we got to go undefeated. And it was all because we had a kid like Felipe on the team that just took over. Now, you know, as the kids get older and, and kids get bigger, you know, there's no one kid on the team taking over, usually at the older ages. But it sure was fun to watch. And so it's fun to win. But we know as, as reality sets in, it doesn't matter who you are, you could be Le- LeBron James or, or Michael Jordan and, and you don't win all the time. Well, maybe Michael did, but, um, but you know, you do, you're not gonna win all the time, right? And so we're not perfect, but the Holy Spirit is a winner. And so how do these two things go together? Because it's really fun when we're winning, but it's kind of stinky when we're losing. And so, Last week, we talked about how the Holy Spirit gives you new life. He makes his home in your heart, and he makes you a part of God's family. Amazing truths, right? And today, we're gonna look at some of the ways that this new life changes how you deal with the battles in your life. Because once you came to know Jesus, it doesn't happen overnight, and everything it's not all perfect and just a neat and tidy little package, but winning is now a thing, and you can be a winner. The hardest fought battles in life, though, are many times within ourselves. It's not external. It's not in the soccer field. It's not us against someone else. It's inside. Why? Because external battles start and end, usually, right? Internal battles go with us everywhere all the time, and they can be hidden. For instance, maybe years and years and years ago, you were in a relational battle, well, at some point, that relational battle that might have felt like it, it, it was eternity, it took eternity, it ended, right? It, it came to a close. And, but you were hurt as a result of that relational battle. You, there, there were scars in your heart that you're still carrying. And it could have been a choice that you made or maybe someone else sinned against you, but nevertheless, sin caused a hurt. And now, years and years later, that person that you were having the battle against, they're over it. They've like totally moved on with their life, but you're still battling the inner battle of how to process that and how to have have victory in that area of your life, right? Inner battles are hard because no one sees them. Or maybe you've struggled with a hidden sin for years, something that that you really struggled to kick, maybe it's a habit or, or, or just something that you know you shouldn't be doing, but you keep doing it anyway. And... You're just beating yourself up and you've tried everything and, and, and if truth be told, you've just kind of given up. You've become complacent. You've become apathetic in the fight and you've just, you've just told yourself, well, no one wins all the time and you know, everyone, everyone loses sometimes. And, and, and so in an area where maybe you shouldn't have become ap- or, or you know, complacent, 
you have. And maybe you've even adjusted your faith or your belief to fit your fight. Have you ever been there? That something is just so hard and you just can't find the victory that, that over time you begin to adjust what God's word says or what you believe just to fit the struggle that you're going through? It just got real, didn't it? That's what we do. You start to maybe think, maybe God's okay with me struggling with this sin because I can't give it up. Or maybe you even start to, to believe the lie that maybe it's not a sin at all, right? And there's ex this external pressure to have it all together and to just always be right. And so on the outside, no one, no one knows that anything's really wrong, that there's really an inner, inner battle, but, but man, it, it never leaves you and you sure know it. There was a man that, that lived through the Holocaust, and he was a, a psychiatrist and really into psychology, and his name was Viktor Frankl, wrote one of the most popular books of all time called Man's Search for Meaning. And so he went through incredibly tough circumstances, right, in, in multiple concentration camps. And he said, uh, I wanted to read, read you a couple of his quotes. He said, everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. To choose one's own way. Right? And that sounds great. It's like, you know, we get all pumped up. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make the choice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do different. And then he said, when we're no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. Now, I don't know about you, but in some areas of my life, I'm like, yeah, come on, let's go. Let's change ourselves. Let's do it. Let's choose, let's choose right. And there's a lot true to that statement. There's sometimes where we just have to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and, and just change and do something different. But, and I'm not here to argue with Viktor Frankl today because, you know, he was talking in a certain circumstance that, you know, you, you, you do have control of your attitude, and that's true. You do. But what happens when we really struggle to change ourselves? What happens when it feels life controlling, when it feels like, man, uh, someone's driving the car and it ain't me? What happens? You see, there are areas of our lives that if we could have changed them, we would have already, right? We would have already. If we could have changed them ourselves, we would have already. And, and there's areas of our lives where we feel absolutely powerless to do so. You know, I've pastored so many people over the years who felt so powerless, so stuck, so addicted, so defeated, so trapped in their circumstances, in their sin, in whatever, just stuck. So what do we do with that? What do we do? Now, before we get too far, let's establish a baseline, okay? Theologically, in God's word, where are we all at? Here's where we're at. Every single one of us have sinful things that need to go. Every single one of us, me, you, all of us. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious ideal. Some of you may have done okay up till now in your life, kind of on your own. And maybe you haven't royally derailed your life in comparison with some other people. And you might feel pretty good about yourself. You say, well, Joe, I'm, 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 God, most things in control. You know, this, this one thing over here can't really hurt anybody, can it? 
because you're, you're living by comparison. And by the way, comparison can be the fuel of apathy, and so we have to be careful with that. But the problem with that is that you and I, you and I aren't gonna be compared with others when we stand before God. Your goodness isn't gonna be compared to somebody else's goodness when you stand before God. And we're gonna be compared to God's holiness and perfection. That's kind of heavy, isn't it? It's like we're gonna be standing before God and our lives and everything we've ever done, we're gonna give it account for it and it's gonna be compared to how holy and good and perfect Jesus is. And you might say, well, isn't that a little unfair for God to do? You know, why, why, why would he ever think that I could compare to that? And, and that's where a lot of people stop sometimes. They're like, man, God just must be kind of a judge and judgmental, and, and that, that's kind of harsh that he would compare me to his holiness and perfection, and, and I just can't handle that. Well, it's because God is not unfair, and because he's so loving, and because he's so good, and because he sees you in your struggle, and he, he didn't want to leave you alone, and so what did he do? He sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to live a sinless life, and to die in your place and mine on a cross. Wow. He saw the struggle, he saw where you're at, and he sent Jesus to pay the price. Because you couldn't fix yourself and I couldn't fix myself, and so God said, hey, I'm gonna help you with that. And I'm gonna make a way for you to be forgiven, for you to stand before God perfect and holy and clean and and your heart that is red with sin can be white as snow once again isn't that amazing it's amazing and the only one and any the only way that anyone can ever stand before God right and clean is through what Jesus did for us on the cross and his undeserved grace for us amen if that wasn't the case then Jesus didn't need to die And honestly, I think he probably would have chosen not to die if he didn't have to. But he he was in that garden before he went to the cross and he said, God, not my will, but yours be done. He knew that, man, this was the way to purchase your freedom. This was the way. And so the longer that I'm a Christian, the longer I follow Jesus, you know what has happened in my life? the more aware I am of my need for God's grace. The more aware I am of how broken my heart is. The more aware I am that I really need God to help me be an overcomer and a victor in Jesus' name. I need him more now than I have ever needed him, church. And so, God's grace and the fact that he sent Jesus to help us with this is fuel for the fight because we're in a fight that we don't want to lose. We want to win. And so when it comes to sin, the the moment you stop fighting is the moment that you start losing. And so I'm not saying that you're ever going to completely win this fight on this side of heaven. You know, you're going to struggle just like Paul talked about um, in Romans chapter 7. You're going to struggle but you never, ever, ever want to stop fighting. Don't stop fighting, church. 
First Timothy 6, 11 through 12. I don't think it's on the screens, but listen to this. But you, Timothy, are a man of God. And so just like Paul was talking to Timothy that, that day, I want to look you right in the eye. You are a man. You are a woman of God. So run from all the evil things in your life. Pursue. The good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. In another place, Paul said, I fight to win. I'm not just messing around. I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm, I'm in this fight to win it. So that's kind of the attitude that we're talking about. Man, we have this dichotomy. We all struggle. We all have sin. But Jesus paid for it, and we're going to fight to live the right life. And the closer we get to Jesus, the more obvious it becomes what does not belong in our lives. Amen? And so the context today, as you've heard so far, is our battle against sin, the, the flesh, our sinful or our carnal nature, and what do we do with that? And so that brings us to the Holy Spirit in Romans chapter six, seven, and eight, um, and it's just an amazing passage. I want to, I want you to go home and read it this week. Sometimes you're going to be reading it, and you're going to be like, "I'm a little confused. I thought it said this, and then it says this," and it's like it just kind of plays games with your mind a little bit. But I want you to dig in and really, really seek God through these scriptures this week in your devotions. But the, the first thing that we see is that the Holy Spirit makes me able, write that word in today, makes me able to say no to sin. He gives me the ability to say no to sin. Romans 6, 12 through 16 says, do not let sin control the way that you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. And at this point, you might be saying, yeah, Paul, easier said than done, ha, ha, ha. But then he says, sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Isn't that amazing? Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean that we can go on sinning? And this is the lie that, that just our culture and our world and society would love for us to believe that God is so gracious and that he's just so big that it really doesn't matter. We just, you know, you do you and I'll do me and, and we're all just, we're gonna live under the miraculous grace of God and just really not care about how we act or what we think or what we do. But that's not what Paul says, is it? He says, of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteousness. And so you do have a choice. You get to choose, and, and whatever you choose to obey is what you're gonna be a slave of. And then in Romans 6, 20 through 21, moving on in the passage, it says, when you are slaves to sin, you are free from the obligation to do right, right? When you don't follow Jesus, when you haven't made a decision to, to do right, it's like, I oh, just do whatever I want right? And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, the things that end in eternal doom. And that's part of the work of the Holy Spirit, that once we hear about Jesus and we know what he did for us, man, he begins to shine a spotlight on our hearts of things that in our life that just, man, they just really need to change. And that's the working of the Holy Spirit, convicting us and, and saying and confirming in our conscience that, man, there's a right way and there's a wrong way. 
Romans 6.22. But now, everybody say, but now. You are free from the power of sin and have become slaves to God. Now you, you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. Amen. And then the verse that maybe you've heard a preacher say before. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's through him. Amen. And then in Romans 7, 6. It says, now, because of Jesus, we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, not just by doing, doing all the right things all the time and, and just, you know, uh, trying to be legalistic about it, but in the new way of living in the Spirit, right? Because when we're led by the Spirit, we're going to be able to say no to sin. But how many of you know we still struggle? And so after Paul says all these amazing things in chapter seven, he talks about his own struggle with sin. And that, yes, even him, he's, he's struggling to do the right thing and the things that he wants to do, he doesn't do and the things that he doesn't wanna do, he does. And, and it's just, it, it's enough to make your head hurt, right? And sometimes, like I said earlier, we lose so much in this battle against sin that we just think that we're losers. And the truth is, church, that without the Spirit of God at work within you, we are all slaves to sin. We're all slaves to sin. And even after we, we decide to follow Christ, there's the sinful nature that we're gonna battle till the day that we die. And, but the, the good news is, is because of Christ's Spirit in our lives, we are able to say no. We're able to choose something different. Why? Because of Jesus. Romans 8, 1 through 2. After all this discourse, he says, So now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. A lot of times we just want to stop there and say, Oh yeah, see, I'm good. But that's not all of it. It says, And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit, the Holy Spirit, has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And so there's this tension. Just because I'm able to not sin doesn't mean that I don't still struggle. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. I'm still tempted. You know, Jesus was even tempted. So just because you're tempted doesn't mean you're sinning. And I still struggle sometimes. But I know, and this is important why we have to get God's word in our heart and in our life, because before you're gonna be able to say no to sin, you have to believe that you can because of what the Holy Spirit does, has done in your life and what he's doing. I'm empowered to be different, whereas before I was a slave to sin. Now you have a choice. You have a choice. I'm no longer a slave to sin, but I'm free to do the right thing. And man, anytime, have you ever seen one of those videos where they bring the kids into the room and they, they, they alone and they put like a marshmallow or a cookie in front of them and, and, and then they just have the camera on them and the kids are just watching the cookie and thinking about the cookie and smelling the cookie and uh, maybe even some kids will like lick the cookie and, and then they just can't, and like some of the kids, man, they have amazing discipline and they don't touch the marshmallow or the cookie until the people come back in the room. But, but how many of you know a lot of those kids, they just wolf that thing down, Right? And so this is where it gets a little practical. Just because the Holy Spirit has made you able to say no to sin, guess what? You gotta still say no to sin. 
You've got to be led by the Spirit. You've got to submit to His leading in your life. And so you've got to use your head. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is working through you to help you to choose right. And so what should we do? We've got to remove the temptation. Don't go there. Don't buy that. Flee from it. Don't look at that. Man, if you can't handle certain apps on your phone, get them off your phone, give somebody else the password, and throw away the key, right? You gotta do whatever you gotta do to get away from the sin that, is, that you just can't resist. Make it hard or impossible to fall into that sin, whether by accountability, whether by having somebody with you, whether by um, you know, putting the computer in where it's always in public, whether it's by you know, you're never gonna be alone with a certain person, or, you know, whatever you gotta do. You gotta make it hard or impossible to fall back into that. Break the back of sin in your life through confession and radical transparency with the right person. You don't have to be radically transparent with everybody, but everybody needs to be radically transparent with someone. Someone that loves Jesus and has your best interest in mind and is gonna, gonna, even, is gonna love you when you've fallen into sin and is gonna love you enough not to leave you there and they're gonna, they're gonna drag you out if they have to, right? Does anybody have a friend like that in their, in their life that's gonna show up and drag you out of that pit when you fell in? Does anybody have a friend like that? If you don't, you need one. You need one, so start investing in those kind of friendships and start being that for somebody else. And, and when you're that for somebody else, hey, they're gonna turn around and be that for you. Step into the freedom. Let go of the past and make the necessary changes. And you say, well, Joe, all that just sounds super practical. Yeah, it's super spirit-led. That's how the Holy Spirit leads you. Because you're not a slave to the sin anymore. You can choose to do the right thing. And then Romans 8, 12 through 14. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, hear this church and believe it. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You're not obliged. You can say no. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit... You put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And so how do I, how do I follow the Spirit's leading when it says, when I, when I want to say no to sin? Right? I get accountability. I make it hard or impossible to fall back into it. I get really serious about making that change in my life. Some of you do this with diets and you go and yank every single processed food out of your, your kitchen and you throw it in the trash can, you take it out in the backyard and you burn it all, right? And you're, you're all dramatic. You're like, we're not eating this and we're not eating that. Hey, you gotta go that kind of hog wild on that thing in your life that is dragging you down. You gotta get it out. And so we have our part to play, but thank the Lord Almighty. We don't do it alone. The Holy Spirit makes you able to say no to sin. Number two, the Holy Spirit's fighting for you. Man, this is, every single one of these gets me fired up today, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to have you out before two, um, and so just buck, buckle up. Just playing. 
Romans 8, 26 through 27, it says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Aren't you thankful for that? For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us, believers, in harmony with God's own will. When we don't know God's will, when we're weak, when we don't know the next thing to do, man, the Holy Spirit is praying for you. He's groaning for you. He's Man, he's just going to town for you praying. You have somebody inside of you praying to God on your behalf, and you have Jesus at the right hand of the Father praying for you on God's behalf. God is fighting for you, and you are not alone. And sometimes, just when you know that somebody is in your corner, somebody is fighting for you and thinking about you and knows exactly what you're going through, that's just what you need to get yourself over the hump and, and, and live in freedom. Don't believe the lie that you're alone in the fight. Don't believe that lie. When you're desperate, when you're hurting, when you're broken, when you're without words, God's will is still that you will win the battle and he's praying and interceding for you night and day. 1 Corinthians 10 tells us a really um, practical example of this. We're gonna jump to verse 12. It says, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall, right? The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Every single time you can take it to the bank. He's fighting for you. He's providing, sometimes supernaturally, he's providing a way out. That when you're at that breaking point and you're about to step back into your old life and step back into that sin, man, even if it's just out of the corner of your eye, every time God's gonna provide a way out. The question is, are we gonna take it? Are we gonna follow it? Are we gonna let the spirit lead us? He's speaking, he's showing, are we listening? Are we taking the way out that he provided for us? Listen, the gospel isn't that you and I have it all together because so many of the times we don't. The gospel is that Jesus fought and fights for you now. He's providing ways out for you. He's providing a better way for you. He's not just saying don't do that and don't do this. He's saying step into the better place that he's created for you. Amen? Number three. As I close today. When I'm led by the Spirit, I win battles. The Holy Spirit is not the only winner in the room. Why? Because he's in me and he's empowering me to be a winner. Now, just being honest, and let's just all get gut level real, I'm probably never gonna be like Felipe, in my life when it comes to my spiritual battles. I probably won't have a thousand batting average. I probably won't win every time. But should that ever stop me from trying? No. I'm never gonna give up. I'm never gonna stop fighting. I'm never gonna stop making it a priority. Why? Because that's what Jesus died for. So that I could be a winner so that I could look like him, so that I could act like him, so that I could, you know, and as much as I, I, I can, submit my life to the Holy Spirit's leading and win battles. 
Romans 8, 31 through 32. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen? Amen. If God is for us, who can be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Listen, the Holy Spirit wants to give you the battle. It's time to take it. And so am I walking into the battle empowered with the right mindset? Then man, I'm walking in as a winner. I'm no longer a loser. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm no longer trapped in this old life. I have the mind of Christ. I am walking in freedom because of what Jesus did for me. Or am I walking scared? Oh, I think I'm gonna mess up again. Oh, I think I'm gonna fall again. Oh, I think I don't have what it takes. Oh, I don't know enough scripture yet. Oh, I don't know enough Bible yet. I just don't know if I can do this. Which is it? I wanna challenge you today to believe, and this isn't just mind games. Submit your life to the Holy Spirit and say, Jesus, if you're for me, no one can be against me. And I'm gonna walk forward in freedom. And if you have a bad day and if you slip up, that's not gonna define you. What Jesus did on the cross is what defines you. It's what defines you. So I'm gonna be on guard. I'm gonna be confident. That's so much different than being nervous and scared for your next mess up, right? Are we gonna be prepared and equipped by the promises of God? Are we gonna be applying God's promises to our life? Or are we gonna just stay perpetually unprepared and anticipating disaster, waiting for the next time we just completely derail our lives, right? There's something to be said, church, about stepping into the truths of God's word and believing it wholeheartedly, that God's for me. He wants me to win, and he's given me his Holy Spirit to empower me to do just that. Amen? Romans 3, 73, 30, sorry, Romans 8, 37 through 38. No, despite all these things, what are all these things? When you struggle circumstantially or relationally or, or with sin or all the struggles that you go through in life. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Some of you need to accept and just start walking in that kind of swagger this week. That God loves me regardless of what I've done. God loves me regardless of, of, of my struggles. And, and I want to I apply these promises to my life and start walking in the victory that he's afforded me. Amen? Amen. You are not on your own. Too many of you have struggled in your, um, have, have warred in your struggle against sin all by yourself. And I just want to encourage you to start inviting the Holy Spirit. Invite him to help you and know that he's battling for you and he wants you to win. It's through him. It's not of yourself. So many times we see these heroes in the Bible like David slaying Goliath and we see Daniel in the lion's den and we see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing up you know, to the multitudes and stepping into the fire and, and having these amazing experiences. And sometimes we think, man, we've gotta be I've got to be that strong. I've got to be the giant slayer. I've got to do this and I've got to do that. When God is really just trying to get you to understand that it's through him. It's through him. 
It's not through your strength. It's not through your goodness. It's not through, through anything you can do. It's through his grace that we're empowered to live a life that is different than the one we lived before we met him. Amen. Some of you, I know because I've thought it before too. Some of you are sitting there and you're thinking, Joe, it all sounds really great, but how? How? And some of this, it just boils down to one word, just surrender, daily, never-ending surrender. And it makes me think back to last week when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and he was talking about the Holy Spirit and, and how it's hard to explain how that new birth happens in somebody's life. And, and Jesus himself said, you, you can't explain it. And it's kind of like that with this. It, it doesn't make sense. I don't understand how I'm gonna be doing my best to make the choices and the Holy Spirit's gonna empower me. And it's just, it's a spiritual thing that is kind of hard for us to understand. And so I'm gonna, I wanna acknowledge that today. But practically, church, I wanna encourage you to keep surrendering, to keep fighting. Don't ever give up. The moment you give up and you stop fighting is the moment that the devil has won. So don't give up. Know that God's grace holds you. He keeps you. And that, but our attitude has to stay that we're fighting the good fight and we're fighting to be victors in Jesus' name. Amen. Right? Lastly, I just want to share what Jesus said. He said, and so I tell you, keep on asking and you receive what you ask for. Keep on asking. And so maybe some of you are like, well, Joe, I've struggled with this sin for so long and I'm just so tired because I feel like I just keep losing. And so I wanna tell you, keep asking. Keep praying. Keep asking Jesus for victory. Keep asking Jesus for insight. Keep asking the Holy Spirit for wisdom. Keep asking for him to give you the strength to take the ways out that he's providing. Amen? Keep fighting the good fight. So Jesus said, keep on asking. You're going to receive what you ask for. And then he said, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Church, he's a prayer away. He lives inside of you, just like we talked about last week. So fight the fight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. If you say, Joe... Because of what Jesus did on the cross for me, I want to give my life to him and begin to serve him. I want to, for real, I want to decide to follow Jesus. I want to believe that he died on the cross for me, that he rose again on the third day. And today is my day to become a new creation in Christ. If that's you today, you say, hey, Joe, I want a new life and I want to follow Jesus. Just raise your hand. I'd love to pray for you. Tired of running, tired of... Of, of doing things your own way. You want to yield your life to Christ today. Is that you? If you're online with us today, amen. Amen. If you're online with us today and you want to give your life to Christ, you can raise your hand right there on your couch. So for those that in this room that raise their hand and those online, I just want to encourage you to pray a simple prayer. Say, Jesus, I believe. 
You died for me on the cross. You rose again on the third day. And I just put my trust in you. I accept the free gift of salvation that you're offering me today. Come into my heart. Make me a new creation. Fill me with your spirit. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, you can, um, we've got a Bible for you at the, the Welcome Center in the lobby, and so I'd love for you to pick that up on your way out today. Next challenge. If you're here today and you say, Joe, man, I've been following Jesus, but I'm struggling. <laughs> there are things in my life that I've just been fighting for a long time and having trouble to overcome. And so first of all, I just want to encourage you and say, hey, welcome to the club, right? And secondly, can we just say a prayer just saying, hey, I'm never going to stop fighting. I'm never going to give up. I'm never going to stop allowing the Holy Spirit to whisper, to tell me to walk in a different direction. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. And if that's you today and you say, Joe, that's me. I want to be included in that prayer. Just raise your hand and let's pray together today. Jesus, we never want to stop fighting. We never want to stop surrendering. God, we never want to get to a place where we're complacent or apathetic when it comes to the battle that we're fighting against sin in our life. God, we never want to get to that place where we're talking ourselves out of it, where we're, where we're getting to a place where we're trying to just, just rationalize it all. Jesus, you died a horrible death. You endured incredible pain to purchase our freedom. And so, God, we want to live lives every day that say thank you to what you did on the cross for us. And so, Jesus, help us. Help us to never stop fighting. Help us to run after you. Help us, like Paul told Timothy, to pursue you. Help us to fight the good fight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us online at Mosaic Church. We hope today's message was life-changing and useful. For more info, visit mosaiccincinnati.com.